sometimes not often enough, you get a feeling of what it must be like in other countries where in order to get together like we are tonight, they have to hide and they have to seek a place that they can study God's Word. But never knowing that at any moment, the doors could crash open and they could be arrested or killed as they really have their lives. 200 policemen in Camden lost their jobs along with 45 firefighters. Highest crime area per capita in the United States. Heard this morning that some of the gang members in a t shirt on said it's our turn. Anarchy. It's just crazy. Satan knows that his time is short. But he's called you and I here for such a time as this. We get to open up God's Word to hear it taught, but more importantly, we get to open up God's Word anytime we want. Day or night, 12 through 7, 365. And do we take advantage of that? Do we really get into God's Word to become a disciple, a student learner, a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, when we come together on Wednesday nights or Sunday, we're just having things confirmed that God has already worked in our hearts during those other days that we were here. I'm going to read, uh, we're in chapter 6 of Numbers, just a few verses, verse 22 to 27. We're going to read it through and then we'll go back and pick it apart and see what the Lord has for us tonight. Verse 22 of Numbers chapter 6. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Title of the message tonight is The Universal Antidote. Some of you adults remember when you were kids, the universal antidote, the old remedy, if you ingested a poison, you would take some couple pieces of burnt toast, crumble it up, put it in with a part of milk and magnesium and some mustard and mix it up and drink it to get rid of that poison that you ingested. Now they have a mixture that's called the universal antidote that contains activated charcoal, magnesium oxide, and tannic acid. And all three components neutralize the actions of the poisons in your system. Now, some poisons you can um, vomit up. Other poisons, though, you can't. You've got to try to dilute them all in your stomach because they burn you going down the poison. They can also 
cause damage, burn, and coming out. Think of all the religions in the world. Man's attempt to know God. You imagine using the universal antidote, just anything to try to cleanse your spirit, cleanse your soul of the guilt that you would bring on yourself through your actions throughout your lifetime. Think of these two young girls. For those of you who don't know, I'm a high school health and phys ed teacher, and there's a, a twins who are on my basketball team. Both had me taken off and both removed themselves because they've been in and out of psychiatric hospitals the last month. They come from a drug infested home. And it's so sad because they're so sweet. There's two beautiful kids. But dealing with all this junk and all this sin, it's just been in their family for generations. But how does man attempt to clean their soul? Do they drink acid and just try to clean off the sins? Do they try to reach down and pull out all the gunk that's in their heart? You know? They listen to people who say they know what God wants and this is the answer. And there's thousands of religions, thousands of philosophies. But if God is real, wouldn't He just make it real simple and clear and easy and that narrow way. Well, hopefully all of us know there is that guy who made the narrow way very simple, without confusion. And when we look at this prayer tonight, it's pretty interesting that the Lord in these verses spoke to Moses and he said to tell this to Aaron and his sons. That when you consecrate someone or give a benediction, say these words. Now, for those of you who have been going to a Calvary chapel for a while, or maybe have the background that you come out of, said prayers don't seem to show your heart. Charles Spurgeon says it's unusual to have wrote a prayer given in the scriptures. Free prayer is most useful, and it will ordinarily consort best with the movements of the free spirit, capitalized. But in the case of the benediction, it is well that it was dictated to the man of God. The children of Israel might miss blessing through the ignorance or the forgetfulness or the unbelief of the high priest. And therefore was not left to him, but he had to learn by heart each word and sentence. In this wise and no other was he to bless the people. I like this, for if God himself puts the very words into the mouth of his priest, then they are God's words. And that was Spurgeon's comment on the scripture that we're looking at tonight. Isn't it interesting that God would pick these words to use in a benediction to the people? So I looked up the word benediction. 
And it says, in utterance of good wishes, the form of blessing pronounced by an officiating minister at the close of the divine service. Now, chapter 6, just a, a short background of it, goes into the Nazarite vow. If you know anything about a Nazarite vow, it was for a person who was setting themselves apart to be consecrated to the Lord. Guess what? I'm looking at consecrated people tonight. You and I are consecrated people. Set apart by the Lord. And I'm glad it doesn't depend on how long your hair can grow. Because that was one of the things back then, Nazareth, who uh, taken the vow, would never cut their hair. But I'm looking at people who are consecrated to the Lord. Now the question is, how consecrated? How much set apart are you and I for Jesus? Well, let's look at these uh, verses. And pick them apart a little bit, dissect them, and let's see what we get out of them. Verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord. Jehovah. The existing one. The God who exists. He's listening right now. He's created the beat in your heart. The breath in your lungs. Make no mistake about it. He wants you living and active. He wants you breathing. He wants your heart beating. He's existing right here. And when you go to sleep tonight, he'll be right there. And when you wake up in the morning, he'll be right there with you. All the time. How often we take that for granted that he's right there. And tonight, there's more than two or more in here that believe in him. And he's here in a special way to bless us. We're going to look at that bless, that word bless in a little bit tonight. Jehovah, the proper name of the one true God. God is not his name. God is who he is. Jehovah is his name. The all existing one. And notice it says that the Lord spoke to Moses. Isn't it awesome to know, as Hebrews says, that in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he has made the universe. We have to go no further than Jesus Christ to find out the heart of the Father. We don't have to go to any other country, any other place. We don't have to climb a mountain. We don't have to hang upside down on a rope. We don't have to get in a lotus position and numb it. We can just go to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? How cool is it? Do we take advantage of that, though? All the time. Do we pray without ceasing? Or is it one in Jesus?
Jam is best used when it's let out of the jar. Put on some bread with a little thin piece of peanut butter and eat it. Do we wait for those moments to taste and see how good the Lord is? Or do we go about our business and then once the tough times, we find out how real it is? Why not all the time? Why not just take advantage of all the time because He wants to bless us all the time? It's an ever-flowing sound that never, ever runs dry. And He wants to constantly be filling you and me with that living water. Why do we wait to let it stand? Why not take that fresh drink every day that He's allowed His Holy Spirit to give to you and me? So the Lord speaks to Moses and He says, Now remember, this is so cool. Moses' name means drawn. Remember, he was a little baby that was drawn from the Nile River by Pharaoh's daughter. Raised by Pharaoh, so he wouldn't be killed by the evil empire, the demonic forces that were trying to thwart God's plan. What a loser. He's still trying to thwart God's plan, and everything he does just glorifies and brings out God's grace and mercy more. But you know something like Moses, you were drawn. You were drawn to him, weren't you? You were taken out of the world to slavery, just like Moses did with the Israelites. You were taken out of the slavery to sin, the bondage to sin. You were drawn to be used for something greater, just like Moses. No different. No different. You were drawn. Psalm 141, verse 4 says, Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds, along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies, but let us eat and drink of the delicacies of the Lord that's available to us all the time. Why go into a cesspool to eat when there's a steakhouse available to you every day? Wouldn't well, make sense from a physical standpoint. Why do we do that spiritually? Taste and see that the Lord is good. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. Aaron. His name means light bearer. Well, I'm looking at some Moses' tonight, and I'm looking at some Aaron's tonight. If you are here tonight and you're a believer in Jesus, you have the light of the world in you. And we know that we're not supposed to have our light under a bushel basket. We're supposed to have it up high where everybody can see. Tennis is a mask. Hi, everybody. My name is Vinny Whitehead. How are you tonight? I'd like you to turn to Numbers, chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 22 to 27. And I go for the next hour just like this. For the next three hours, actually. It's three hours. <laughs> just like this. No. Are we wearing a mask, though? Are we allowing the light of Jesus to shine through us? 
we still covering up? Are we unveiled for all? Are we transparent to allow Jesus, who's in you, who's in me, to shine in a dark world? Well, Aaron's name means light bearer. He was a brother of Moses. He was a Levite, and he was the first high priest. Huh. You know what 1 Peter 2 9 says? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Remember when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he came down and his face was shining? The Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out where it was in him. But his face radiated. But you know, it didn't always last. It faded. But you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and as you continue to take and see, taste and see that the Lord is good, and be filled with his living water, you're going to be shining more and more as the world gets darker and darker. So what is that? What happens with that is people are going to be drawn to you because they want to come out of their darkness. Darkness is confusion. Darkness is coldness. Darkness is loneliness. Are you ready? Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, are you ready to have people come to you out of the darkness? To you because you're the one that's drawing them to Jesus that's in you. And notice Moses was told by the Lord to speak to Aaron and to his sons. This is not a one time deal, a one person deal. This is a domino effect. As long as we have breath, let us give his name praise and look for opportunities to be a light that shines because it's going to have an effect on more than one person. It could have an effect on the whole family and generations to follow. Saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. So Moses, being told by the Lord to tell Aaron and his sons that this is the way. Universal. The antidote this is the way. Make it more specific. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by Him. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. It's one book because it's from the heart of God. The children of Israel Israel, what does that mean? Governed by God. The children governed by God. Guess what I'm looking at tonight? Children governed by God. You didn't know Moses and Aaron and Israel and the children governed by God were right here next to you. They're right all around you. Right here. Verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. Some of us have known each other for a long time. Some of us have known each other for 
several years, some for a few years, some for only a couple weeks. The Lord bless you and keep you. Who else can we go to and ask to do that? Is there anyone? Is there anyone that's ever lived on this earth that you can go to today that you can ask to bless you and to keep you? Think about that. To bless you and keep you. The word bless, we know in the Psalms when we read them, talks about being happy. But one of the things the word bless is, is to cause to kneel. To cause to be humble and get down on your knees. When we can humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord, the Lord can bless us in a magnificent way because we're bowing down before the King of the universe and showing Him our heart is humble before Him. We're looking for Him to bless us. He wants to bless us all the time, though. Are we looking for that blessing? Lord, just keep pouring it on. I need it all. Everything you can give me, throw it at me. I need it. Give me so much that I can't use it that it just falls onto everybody else that's walking around me. Remember Elijah and Elijah, the double portion of his spirit given to his Sorry that he was mentoring. Let's give a double portion. I want that double portion. Well, we want that quadruple million billion to the 900 trillion power portion of the spirit. If it's infinite, let's get it all. We're here. Let's take advantage of that. Keep you. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts you. Think of your children when they were little. Or if they're still at home with you, you're trying to keep them, you're trying to protect them from things, you're trying to guide them in the right direction. How much more have we found, right? He wants to keep us. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother ever could. He's guiding. He's, he's moving us. And notice uh, Isaiah, what it says, that will keep you in perfect peace. Is there a condition? Yes. Yep. There is a condition to keep in perfect peace. And that whose mind is stayed on you. I think right away Romans 12, 1 and 2. That we're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. That we don't want to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our mind is stayed on Christ. Christ alone. Nothing else. Nothing else comes in. No other poison comes in to our spirit. Because this is that universal antidote. This was the prayer that was given by God to Moses to give to Aaron to say all the time, in your blessed people, say these words. No flowery speeches, no candy coated, seeing how you feel. 
Because if you have a bad, bad burrito or a bad piece of banana, you have digestion. You might say something that the people will take the wrong way. But the pure word of God, spoken as it was given directly to Moses, given it directly to Aaron, given directly to us tonight, for where we are right now. In the last part of Isaiah 26, because he trusts in you, is your total trust in Jesus Christ? Or is it in your mortgage? Or is it in your uh, bonds? Is it in some monetary thing that you hope it just rolls over? Is it in your health? Is it in your family? Is it in your job? You just find that a guy that's worked 17 years for one company was just laid off. 17 years. That was his income. He has nothing else to go to right now. 17 years. And they just let him go. See, where's our trust? Verse 25. The Lord make his face shine upon him. You know, when you came to Jesus Christ, his face was shining pretty awesome. When you embraced him, because you realized the state you were in. You realized you were a sinner. You realized you were on a road to hell. You felt that guilt, but it was a guilt that was throwing you or drawing you away from Christ. It was drawing you to Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit on you, drawing you to the cross to confess your sins and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. His face shone on you. How's His face shining today in your life? How is it today compared to when you first met Jesus? Psalm 119, 135 says, Make your face shine upon your servant. And teach me your statutes. Remember the statutes at this time in the first five books of the Bible. Now look at what we have. We have the 66 books to just dive into. For the Lord to speak to us from his word. To see the light of our and love of our Savior come through his word. Do we love his word? Remember what God said. He holds his word above his name. Do we? Do we understand the benefit of reading His Word and gleaning from it and chewing on it and meditating on it? Do we hide it in our hearts so that we don't sin against Him? So that we're not poisoned by the world? Verse 25 continues. And be gracious to you. Psalm 145 8 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Are you, here, are you here tonight afraid of God? Or do you realize how great His mercy is? That He's, you know, if you know Gail Rowan, you know how He uh, gets into that whole thing, He's slow to anger and great in mercy. Where He just exaggerates that to the point He's slow to anger, He's so slow to get angry with you. And he's so abundant in his mercy to pour out to you. 
where we have a different idea of who God is. And it keeps us from drawing close to Him. Do we have our own view of God or do we see God through His Word and see Him as a loving, prodigal Father who's just arms are open running when He sees you turning towards His shining face? Whenever you think of Jesus, know that it's His Holy Spirit directing you to His face. You see Him. You're drawn to Him. Do you take advantage of those moments? I'm not sure if I read this, but I want to read it to you again. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. It's God who did that. And He has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whenever we see Jesus through His Word, through the working of the Holy Spirit. We're gaining greater knowledge of God and more of His glory in our lives. Something's happening. Something's working. And it's God. 1 Peter 2.3 says, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. How about the wilderness, Israelites in the wilderness? Did they taste that the Lord was gracious to them? Yeah. What would be your reaction if you uh, crossed the Atlantic Ocean or the Red Sea? Would that be a sign of God's grace and mercy to you and to me? But how soon do you forget that stuff, right? Or how about when God just fed them from heaven? Or how about your shoes don't wear out? Is that a sign of God's grace and His mercy? But yet they forget that. This is why the church is so crucial, everybody. This is why the gathering of ourselves is so together, uh, important. So we don't ever forget that we're here to encourage each other. We're here to remind each other. We're here to build each other up. There are churches, good churches, that are being torn apart by the very thing that Pastor Joe preached on on Sunday in Matthew 7. If you weren't here, please get it. Because Satan wants to do that using you, using me, in this church. Honest, please, if you didn't listen to, or listen to it again, Matthew 7, Joe taught on Sunday. Remember, one of the things the enemy will do, he'll try to come right in here, sit right in the pew with his, all his demonic forces, while he's in the White House or over in China or in Mexico with the leaders who sent his little demonic forces to try to come into the heart of a person in this church to try to split our church. There's a good brother of mine right now going right through that. A guy who loves God's Word and the people in his church love his Word. But there are wolves among the sheep that are tearing up the body through gossip and slander. It can happen here if the body isn't strong and staying in His Word. That's why it's important that we come together to not be a TV church, not be an internet church. We need to see flesh and blood. We need to shake hands. We need to hug. We need to talk to each other. We need to cry with each other, laugh with each other, lift each other up, 
It's important. No long range of Christians. It's so important. Verse 26. That the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. Think. Teams that are here, or three teams that are here, this is going to be easy for you. Adults here, think back. Or you can maybe relate it to a boss that you're working under. Thank you when, when you're in the bad graces of your mom or dad. They're upset with you. You either did something wrong or they thought you did something wrong. Adults, if you remember that quote, if not, think about your bosses. When they're having a bad day, they take it out on you or your co-workers. And you can see it in their faces. You can see it in their body language. Teens, you know what I'm talking about, right? Pre-teens, you know what I'm saying? My daughter's just shaking her head very, very fast. But what happens when your mom or dad, when your boss, countenance changes? They're happy. They're smiling. They come in. All of a sudden, all that stuff is like a relief to you, right? It's a relief. It's, it's gone. Things are restored. Relationships restored. You don't have to walk on eggshells. Well, we have a God that says He has lifted His countenance upon us, upon you. He's smiling at you. He loves you. And you might say, well, I don't feel that. Don't go by your feelings. You might have a few bad nights sleep. You might not be eating healthy. You might be uh, stressed out at work. Don't go by your feelings. Go by the fact that either God is true in what He says in His Word, or He's the greatest liar that ever lived. Those are your two choices. <laughs> you see, the telling the truth, or He's the greatest liar. And if you have any knowledge of the Scripture, you see that He is who He said He was. He's a God of His Word. And He loves you so much that He came into this world, put on our flesh, walked this earth, showed you our problem, showed us a solution to the problem. When the enemy thought they had him down, three days later, he rose back up. There's nothing else Satan can do except infiltrate your heart. Change your way of thinking about the God of the universe who's already shown and shined his face on you. Are you going to allow that to happen? Are you going to allow it to happen? Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Jesus has selected you at this time of history. And right now, right here in this church, and remember this thing with man is not a sexist thing. It's a man, woman, boy, girl, teens, it doesn't matter. We're to sharpen each other. We're to lift each other up. If we see someone down in the church, 
and the Lord shows you that that person is down, guess who he wants to go help that person's countenance lift up? It's not always the pastor or the assistant pastor or the leaders or the elders. He showed you that person. Um, Pastor Anthony, there's somebody back that doesn't want to happen. I think you need to go talk to him. You know, if I saw him, hey, my name's Minnie, how you doing? Welcome to my church. It starts with just being a person. And that's a great step of faith if you've never done that before. And guess who will be right with you? Jesus and his Holy Spirit, because his Holy Spirit turned your head to that person. Look for those opportunities. That makes the church a team. That makes it strong. Doesn't let it get divided. Because we know each other. There's no strangers among us. We're all getting to know each other. We're all reaching out. How can we help you? What can we do? Even if it's a cup of water. A cup of water. God gives us that example. And the last part of verse 26, and give you peace. Luke 1, 79 says, To give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You have a restless spirit in you, and you're a believer in Jesus. Maybe you need to get to know Jesus better. He's the Prince of Peace. Guess who can take that unsettledness out of your heart? But Vinny, you don't understand I have uh, $200,000 in debt. I'm going to lose my job. My family's falling apart. Those distractions. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows the situation, right? All those things that he said are temporary. Do you think you're going to worry about those 100 years from now, 50 years from now, 30 years from now? Some of us are going to be in eternity in 30 years. Some of us might be in eternity tonight. Are we ready? Are we living for Jesus? Or are we living for all those things that distract us from seeing the light of his face? And as we wrap up in verse 27, So they shall put my name on the children of Israel. A stamp. You have a stamp. If you're a believer here in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit stamped on your spirit as a guarantee that you're a child of God. It's a guarantee. Not by any company, but by the God of the universe. You're stamped with His name. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. The world is full of confusion. The world is getting darker and darker. They need leaders. They need people that can help them see the light. Guess who's going to be the only ones left to let him see the light? You and me. And the other believers in this universe. It's getting darker, everybody. It's getting darker. Anarchy is reigning in the hearts and souls of men and it's going to the streets of our nation. It's happening. We had a girl in our uh, school that just came back from Haiti. She was spending time with kids and adults who were amputees because of the earthquake over there. There were seven and eight-year-old prostitutes over there. She just got back. Sin has taken over. But our God wins. 
The thing is, how many are going to come with us? How many are we taking with us? We're not bench warmers. We're not spectators. We're in the game. And it's a game for the souls of men and women, teenagers, boys and girls. Satan and his demons want them, with them, in the lake of fire. We're sin abounds, grace abounds more. We have a God that has stamped his name on you and me. And he says that he will bless us. He will meet our needs. He'll fulfill us. He'll give us a peace. But remember that blessing also starts where we humble ourselves and we're down before the Lord. John 17, verses 11 and 12. Now I'm no longer in the world. Check this one. Is this awesome? Jesus speaking to Jesus, these are Jesus' words. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Aren't you happy that you weren't the son or daughter of perdition? Think about that. Except for the grace of God, we could have been the son of perdition. But we're not. We've been drawn out by God to be a light in a dark world. He wants us to know Him more. He's the hope of glory. He's in us today. And remember, if you're here tonight, or if you're listening on the internet, or get a tape, or whatever it is, or give it to your friend, you might not be a believer in the Prince of Peace. And you might have a restless spirit. But understand that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And remember, Moses, like you and me, broke those Ten Commandments. And he broke them the first time he came down. Literally broke them when he came down Mount Sinai the first time. We've all broken the Ten Commandments. We've all lied. We've all stolen. We've all had bad thoughts. We've all got in unrighteous anger. And Jesus said the result of that is an eternal separation of you from Him for eternity. But God loved the world so much that He sent His Son that whoever believes in Him and puts their trust in Jesus will have everlasting life and will not be damned but will be saved. Jesus is only a prayer away for you who are listening or if you're here tonight and never been committed to Him. Remember, there's going to be a great falling away in the end times. Are you going to be one of the ones who fall away? Am I? Not if we are in His Word. Not if we know Him face to face. Get to know Jesus better. We have the rest of our life to do that, however long that may be. And if you are listening, all you need to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. And I need a Savior. Jesus, I accept what you did on that cross, and you shed your blood for me. 
and I need you in my heart. I need you to be the king of my heart and the prince of my peace in my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit forever. And give me that desire to know your word. Help me to be deeper in love with you every day of my life. You're drawn. You're a light bearer. You have the universe in you. That's awesome. There's a lot of poison out there. It's called sin. Be the universe in you. Use it. Through witnesses, through prayer, through witnessing to those people God brings in your path. But also in your own individual life. Don't forget the time you spend with Jesus. It's the most important time. Because you can't do ministry. You can't reach out to the lost unless you first know Jesus face to face. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for your living word. Thanks, Lord, for using.